Hi there, and welcome to the Simply Living for Him podcast. I'm Karen DeBuse from Simply Living for Him. Thank you for joining me for another episode of the Simply Living for Him podcast. On this podcast, I talk about all things simple, whether it's life out here in our little hobby farm, how I keep it simple in my homeschool, or you'll always just hear a lot about Jesus. Because I truly do believe the remedy for clutter and chaos in our world is Jesus. The more we desire Him, the less we naturally desire the things of this world and the easier it is to live more simply. So I wanted to talk today about the American dream and what that means and are we living the American dream or are we living out God's purpose for our lives and can that include the American dream and uh, I don't know that they have to be separate from each other but let's look at it in light of what God's word has to say about our success in life. And so before we start, I do want to thank our podcast sponsor, as always, um, Apologia. Apologia is an amazing Christian publishing company. We have used their resources since we started homeschooling 14 years ago and have always, always been more than uh, satisfied with their products and We just adore this company. So I would encourage you to check out Apologia.com. Right now they have a Fall in Love free ebook that is available to you. So go check out all they have to offer at Apologia.com. So I'm sitting here tonight and I'm doing my recording and everybody's out of the house and I'm like, I've got to sit here and I've got to just work and do things that I've been kind of putting off just because life is, you know, happening. And one of those things actually I'm working on as well tonight is my Simply Living for Him devotional. This devotional is my heart. It is my heart coming out in words. And it's all about um, 100 devotions to get you to get rid of hindrances and distractions and all those things that are contributing to clutter in your life and to really hear Jesus above all the noise, you know, to have less clutter and more joy. And our joy comes from walking with him. But sometimes our walk with him gets cluttered, right? And so this devotional is a hundred devotionals, uh, devotions that will help you to keep your mind set on things above. And I cannot wait to get this out there, but it's a work in progress. We're still working on it, and um, it's going to be out hopefully in the next few months, but I just have put this whole thing in God's hands, and it's God's timing. I also wanted to tell you that um, Teach Them Diligently Convention. It is an amazing homeschooling convention, but it is also so much more than homeschooling. So if you are not a homeschooler, you will still benefit from this convention in so many ways because it's really all about marriage and family and parenting and discipleship and raising the next generation um, to know the Lord. So it's about so much more than high school than high school, than homeschool. And um, there are seven Teach Them Diligently conventions this spring. I will be speaking at six of them. I am excited to hit the road again and to travel again this spring. And I will be joining Teach Them Diligently at six of their locations all across the country. Uh, One thing that's fun to note, Tim Tebow is keynoting the Nashville location. So if you want to hear him speak, you need to register soon because I think space is limited for that keynote just because 
you know, it's Tim Tebow. So I would encourage you right now, you can get the lowest prices of the season if you register at teachthemdiligently.net. I'm going to put a link in the podcast um, episode web page. I will put a link there so you can go directly and order your, or, you know, purchase your registration. Um, I cannot wait to speak again this year. I've got new content. I've got new sessions, brand new stuff to bring to the Teach Them Diligently convention. So anyway, I'm sitting here tonight and everybody's out of the house and I'm like, I've just got to get all this stuff done that I want to do. And it's funny because we're going to be talking about, you know, the American dream and and work and all of that. And how does that really compare to what God's word tells us to do? And I look at my work, my ministry um, my business, you know, that I, I have a business between the e-courses and the books and um, the consulting program and speaking and things that I do. But at the heart of my business, it's still Jesus. You know, I do what I do because I really, really want to point people to Jesus. I really believe in my ministry and that this is God's call for my work. You know, I never wanted um, to do anything but be a stay-at-home mother. I mean, honestly, when I got married, it was like, this is my dream. This is my American dream, right? I wanted nothing more than to raise my children to be with them every day as they got older, to homeschool them. And God has given me, you know, through all of that, he has given me the ability to actually have a small business and we have a family business. My husband runs his own company. You know, we are able to do those things and still keep God at the center of everything. Um, so I wanted to talk about the American dream today. A couple reasons why. It's been on my mind. Um, I had just started thinking about it recently like you know we were actually the other day out at um, down by New York City we had gone on a field trip my son and I to a science center out by where I used to live I grew up outside of New York City and they've built the largest mall I think it is um, it's a like mall slash um, amusement park slash I don't know, all kinds of stuff, restaurants and entertainment and all these things. And it's called American Dream, this very large mall place that is right at my hometown where I grew up. And so, um, you know, I was thinking about that. And then we were having a conversation in the car because from where I where I grew up, it's not at all where I live now is country and farms and all that. But where I grew up is cities and concrete. And if it is empty, they will build on it. There's hardly any, you know, farm. There aren't any farms, actually, obviously, but there's hardly any land. Everything gets, you know, built up. And a lot of that built up stuff we were discussing in the car is um, storage areas, <laughs> storage units. And I was with my parents and my mom was saying, there's a 500 unit storage facility going up because there was this plot of land that was empty and they just have to, you know, build on it. And we were laughing and she's like, yeah, go write about that on your website. And I'm like, you know what, I'm going to podcast somewhat about that this week because is this the American dream? Um, and well, I'm cracking up because this mall is called American Dream. And really, it's like the center of commercialism. When I look at this mall, it has everything 
commercial about it, you know, a amusement park, stores, restaurants, shops, all this entertainment stuff. And it is so very expensive, all of it. And so we were just like, wow, just to go to the mall, you're going to spend like all this money between parking and getting there and whatever. So is this the American dream? <laughs> and you know, it's just ironic. You see um, on the sign outside this enormous structure mall thing, American dream. And is that the American dream? Concrete, consumerism stuff, give me all the entertainment. And then we look at these storage units and we're laughing as we're driving by the American Dream Mall and the storage units and we're like, we are living the dream. We have so much stuff that we need to pay to store it in a storage facility. And these places are going up like crazy. Like my mom was saying, oh, they're everywhere. These storage facilities are everywhere down here. So there's obviously a need for them. And I realize that some people need places to store their stuff when they're in like a transitional move or, you know, businesses might need some places to store their stuff. But I mean, 500 units just in this one and they're everywhere. So we have a lot of stuff because there's a demand to open up storage facilities and to pay money to store our stuff. So is that the American dream? You know, I'm just thinking about all these things as we're driving around down there and I'm thinking consumerism, commercialism, you know, storage stuff, facilities, whatever. Hey, this is the American dream. And yet, this is also the same culture that feels like more than ever depressed and busy and discontent and striving and overwhelmed and no joy. There's a huge lack of joy. So is the American dream bringing us joy? And so I actually looked up before American dream, like the term um, on the internet. And <laughs> before I started this, I said, I'm going to look this up. And I really just, I'm trying to define in my head, you know, to me, the American dream, I always just think that means, you know, um, achieving status in your job, making a lot of money, owning a home, having a few kids and that white picket fence and probably a dog, right? And so when I looked it up, it said, actually, the American dream is a national ethos of the United States, the set of ideals in which freedom includes the opportunity for prosperity and success, as well as an upward social mobility for the family and children achieved through hard work in a society with few barriers. And so at the heart of the American dream, I think, is there was something I read that said it is not about having stuff. It's about having opportunity. I like that better, right? Um, it's it's So the America dream necessarily doesn't have to be about the stuff. But I think for many of us, it has become the stuff. Like you're living the dream if you have a lot of stuff. If you don't have, you know, um, uh, if you have a home, if you have, you know, your kids and, and you have the ability to work and work hard. And yes, opportunity. I think, you know, that original, original phrase, and I actually read some history about it, but I don't remember off the top of my head, but in the 30s, it came from a book. Um, 
and it talked about everybody should be able to have the equal opportunity to, you know, be able to work hard and fulfill their dreams or their success or their prosperity or their achievements, things like that. And so I always think of it now, though, people think, you know, if you have the more the more stuff you have, then you're living the dream. So am I living the American dream? I'm out here in farmland with my chickens and my goats, and I'm trying to live a simple life and not get caught up in all of that. I want to stay home with my children. I have no desire to climb a corporate ladder. I have no desire for... Um, lots of money just to buy lots of stuff that then I have to store in a storage facility because I have so much of it. You know, I would rather have a lot less and be able to focus more on the things that really, to me, matter. People, relationships, Jesus, right? And so... Is the American dream even lining up with um, what God's word says? And are we like kind of fooled into thinking that this American dream equals prosperity and equals, you know, success and money and, and achievement and vacation homes and extra cars and all that? When I was looking up um, some things like about what does, you know, God's word have to say about our life and how we live it and what is considered successful. I just came across a few things and there are several more out there, obviously, but I just, a few came to mind. Matthew 16, 25, for whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake will find it. Um, Philippians 1, for me to live is Christ and to die is gain. Uh, in Luke three eleven, he answered and said to them, He who has two tunics, let him give to him who has none. And he who has food, let him do likewise. We actually use that verse for Love's Farm, for our little hobby farm here. Uh, Matthew nineteen twenty one says, Jesus said to him, If you want to be perfect, go. Sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come, follow me. That's the American dream right there to me. Following after God. Getting rid of all the hindrances, all the distractions, all the extra. And Lord knows nowadays we have a lot of extra. Getting rid of all the extra so that I can really see clearly what is God's purpose for my life. See, I think that we get caught up in the American dream and that's America's maybe, or I don't want to say America as the country. That's like our cultures, our societies. Um, take on what is successful, but face it these days, our culture and our society is not following on as a whole the biblical standards set in the Word of God. Our society is on a downhill spiral. I cannot believe the headlines that I see anymore about just, you know, the things that are going on. And so I have nothing against America. I love my country. You know, I believe we all have freedoms and an opportunity here to pursue, you know, our God-given desires, our God-given talents, and our God-given purpose. But see, that's where I think it falls short in the, the definition of the American dream. God's not in it. Right. So we can have the American dream and we can we can pursue all these things. But God has to be at the center of what we are pursuing. And we have to remember that 
attaining things and attaining status and attaining achievements without God at the center is just empty. It's complete empty stuff that will all be gone someday. But true um, success comes from knowing that every decision you make, every choice you make, everything you do in this world could have an effect on eternity, on bringing people into the kingdom. I've talked a lot lately on the podcast and on videos I've done lately about, you know, um, focusing on the eternals and not the externals. I think for a lot of us, we think that the American dream It is focused on the externals, like the stuff you have defines who you are. What Jesus did on the cross defines who you are. So do we really want to pursue something that is so focused on um, the stuff, right? Oh, the American dream. You have, you know, two cars, a home, summer home, all these things. You certainly can have those things if you're following Jesus. But that's the point. Where are our hearts set when we are following after our dreams? You know, our culture tells us, follow your heart. Don't follow your heart because your heart is deceitful above all things, right? You want ultimately to follow God's will for your life. And in the Bible, it says this world will have trouble. This world You know, we are not made for this world and this world will have trouble. We will have trials. Those are guaranteed. And so when we get caught up in trying to pursue this American dream, it makes it sound like if it's hard or if there's struggle or if we don't end up being rich, that we haven't succeeded. But money isn't what defines our success because money is just a temporary exchange here on earth. It is not our security. You guys, for many years, I put my security in money. I still have a little um, issue with money sometimes, you know, worrying because I've talked about this on the podcast. We've gone through times in our marriage where we just didn't have money. Steve was laid off several times and we know what it's like to be with very, very little But we also know that those were the richest times for us that we grew in our faith. That's the American dream, right? We, our faith grew by leaps and bounds when we actually didn't have the security of money because we were able to realize our security does not come from money. Our, our security comes from God. And who we are in Christ is our only guaranteed security that we have here on earth. Now, no one wants to be poor. No one wants to be um, without. No one wants to be unable to provide for their family. So I'm not advocating that here at all. As you guys know, what I'm advocating here is always like a heart check. Like, let's check our hearts because we can have money. And obviously still be following Jesus, but it's our perspective or how do we look at that money? How do we look at those things? Um, do we, we look at those things as like, like I said, our security 
Or do we realize that, hmm, I've been blessed with money and provision, and I'm going to make sure I use that to follow God. Like this verse here in Luke, Luke uh, 3.11, he who has two tunics, let him give one. He has food, let him do likewise, right? Sharing with others, not hoarding for ourselves. I feel like the American dream can focus way too much on ourselves and what we could we can do you know and everyone should have the equal opportunity to work hard and achieve success but we leave God out of that we have the opportunity to work hard because we do that for God Colossians three twenty three. right we do everything unto the Lord and not to men and we can achieve success because God is the one that is providing that for us. And then we ask ourselves, and what do we do with that success? Do we hoard it for ourselves? Do we flaunt it? Right? That's another problem I feel like in our culture. We can easily flaunt it. So um, let's remember, are we chasing after the American dream or are we getting rich in the things of God, in the eternals? Are we storing our treasure in heaven? Or are we trying so hard to store what we can here on earth that we're not really thinking about what we're storing in heaven, right? We plan for our retirement. We plan for our colleges. We plan for all that stuff. And then we don't plan for eternity. And eternity is way longer than retirement. It's forever. And so what we do with this life matters. It matters so much. So I ask you today, what are you choosing to focus on? You know, are you getting caught up in that, you know, I've talked about this all the time, right? But that DIY HGTV world, I see it nonstop on social media. The DIY, the, the fixer upper, the renovating the homes, We have perfectly good homes that we're renovating. You know, people in third world countries wish they had the homes we have. And we're spending thousands and thousands and tens of thousands of dollars and investment and time and stress and energy because we want it to look like the HGTV fixer-upper homes. I said this uh, recently where was I talking about it? I don't know if I was talking about it here. I must have been right in the devotional. Lately, all my thoughts are coming out in the devotional. And I feel like I, I said them to someone, but maybe it was just me in the writing. Um, but everything that used to be in style, that went out of style, comes right back in style. So you know what we're doing, basically? We're renovating our homes to make them look vintage. Because vintage, we had to renovate it one time to update it. But now vintage is in style, so we're renovating it again to make it vintage. And then vintage, 20 years from now, will come in style, and we'll have to renovate again to make it look like it's absolute craziness. (laughs) So everything that's old comes back in again, right? And so we're spending a ton of money, and it's not just the money. It's the time and the energy and the focus on the stuff. I believe in the American dream. I believe that we should be able to work hard and have opportunities to provide for our families and chase after our God-given potential. But I feel like we take it too far. You know, we're so wrapped up in 
a status and achieving and glorifying stuff and glorifying our homes, glorifying ourselves. I mean, I've talked about this before too, but you know, I go on Instagram and there are a billion different videos and accounts to tell you how to do your makeup and do your hair. You can get sucked in (laughs) watching people curl their hair. And sometimes I'm thinking, what in the world? What in the world am I doing? I just spent 20 minutes watching this girl curl her hair. And I could have been doing something productive. That The American dream is, you know, being productive, but doing productivity for the Lord. Doing all things as as to God and not to men. And I think we really need to be careful. I feel like in the past five years, we've gone at lightning speed ahead in various things in our culture. And I can't even imagine in five more years what more craze will be out there, right? In um, just all the stuff. And so what does the American dream mean to you? For me, simple life, little house in the prairie girl, right? Simple life, get up in the morning, work hard at home, teach my children, um, enjoy the beautiful land that we have here, not rush throwing, rushing through life so I don't even notice the sunrises and the sunsets and the, the beautiful leaves changing colors and the sounds in the morning and the sounds in the evening and making a homemade meal because I want to, not because Pinterest told me to, because I like enjoy just, you know, the act of serving my family, not listening to all that noise out there and serving God in everything I do, knowing that this life is not all there is. Lately, I've just been praying so much, like, God, keep my perspective where it needs to be. This morning, I literally stood with my palms up and I surrendered every detail of my life to him. I just said, Lord, I surrender my children to you. And I had my arms raised above my head with my palms up. And I do that because palms up to me means I have let go of my grip on all the things that I want to hold on to of this world. And I opened my hands and I said, Lord, I surrender my children to you. Lord, I surrender my husband to you. Lord, I surrender my ministry to you. Lord, I surrender my homeschool to you. Lord, I surrender my health to you. Lord, I surrender my finances to you. Those are all the actual things I said. And there were many more. But it takes that actual act of surrendering to keep my mind focused and to change my heart. Because my prayers used to say, Lord, please provide for me. Lord, keep us healthy. Lord, let this day go smoothly. Lord, let, you know, Steve get uh, another... um, you know, job that will make us a lot of money because I mean, not another, I mean, he has a job. (laughs) I'm trying to make this sound a job, uh, a client, let's put it that way. Um, Because he has his own business, you know, or I would say, Lord, you know, let this thing I'm doing be successful. Lord, let the test results that I'm getting at the doctor come back good. And of course, we are able to go to God and, and have intercession and ask for the things we want. 
But I wasn't really, I wasn't really surrendering when I was saying those kinds of prayers. Because then when I didn't get what I want, I wasn't happy about it. And it's, and it's not that you have to be happy if test results come back bad or you're not provided for. But when you say, thy will be done, you have to mean it. Lord, I surrender our finances to you, even if that means next year is going to be a hard year. Because I know that you are in it and you are good and you will work things for good even when they don't feel good. See, the American dream feels really good, right? Prosperity. You've achieved the American dream if you have, you know, extra. So what does it mean for those who don't have extra? But they're content because they're walking with the Lord. They're building his kingdom, not their own little kingdom. And so when we focus on, you know, the American dream, it's always without struggle. You know, it's prosperity, it's good things, it's, you know, extra, it's stuff, it's whatever. But when we focus on God's purpose for our life, it might not look like the American dream. There might not be a house and kids and a dog and a picket fence. But if you're following after God, then that is far better, you know, than anything. When I think about that mall that said American dream, it makes me sad. Like this is what we're, we're, this is what we're focused on stuff. We have achieved success when we have stuff. And you know what? The reason that people continue to strive after more stuff, even though we have more stuff than ever in our culture, and strive after bigger houses and better cars and, you know, better careers, is because we will never on earth be able to achieve like this pinnacle of success. Even the richest person in the whole world who has more money than anyone is never going to feel satisfied if they don't have Jesus at the center of those riches. They will continue to keep striving and striving for more because we are never fully satisfied. But when we realize that our full satisfaction comes from knowing that our life and our security is found in Jesus, everything else of this world fades away. You know, we watch these shows like um, like the Shark Tank show or something where these investors, and you know, they have tons of money and they're always investing in new companies and, you know, they're worth like millions and billions, some of them of dollars. And my kids and I one night were watching and we're like, seriously, if I had that much money, I wouldn't even be investing in any more businesses. I'd just be like, I'm good. <laughs> This is plenty, right? This is more than we can ever spend. But it's like, it's never enough. You're always looking for more ways to earn even more money. And um, true contentment to me would be the American dream. True contentment with whatever comes your way, whether it's in plenty, whether it's in want. True contentment, you know, just like Paul says, I know what it's like to have plenty and I know what it's like to have nothing. And, you know, I have found the secret to true contentment. And the true contentment is Christ in you. And so to me, that's the ultimate American dream contentment, 
knowing that you are living a life for God. Your life is not your own. Your life is not um, a competition to see who can make more money or achieve more status or get more things. It's a life that is fully surrendered to the Lord. And just asking him each day, Lord, I'm open to whatever you have for me today. Even if today is going to be the day that tragedy strikes and it's the worst day. God is still there in all things, holding all things together. And so I would much rather be following after God's purpose than this ideal in our minds of the American dream. And again, this is not to say you can't have homes and um, cars and riches and things like that, but you'll need to ask yourself where you're putting your security. And it also doesn't mean that, you know, he who has nothing is content, <laughs> right? You can, It's just like Paul said, you can have plenty and you can have want. You can have nothing, you can have everything. It's not about the stuff. It's about your heart. And how you view that stuff. And knowing that none of that matters without Jesus at the center. And knowing him above all things. So this was just something I was, like I said, thinking about as we were down yesterday outside of New York City. And and looking at, you know, this American Dream Mall and these storage units. And just turning over in my head all these thoughts thinking, is this really what life is all about? I sure hope not, but for many people it is. And you know what? For those of us who have found our true contentment in Jesus and can surrender each thing to him, we need to get out there and share the message with a lost and hurting world who is searching and searching and searching and looking for contentment and satisfaction in all the wrong places. Storing treasures in heaven, not in storage units. Chasing after God's will for your life, not some elusive American dream. Right? So these are the things that are going to truly matter. Are we sharing with others? Are you, you know, don't hoard that for yourself either. We can't hoard the gospel, right? We need to get that out there with every single lost soul that we come in contact with. doesn't mean you have to go up to every single person and say, do you know Jesus? Let me tell you about him. And you certainly could. But all it takes is loving on people and they will see Jesus in you. They will see Jesus in you. You're different. You're content. You're satisfied right? But we don't want to hoard that for ourselves. We don't want to look at others and look down on others and say, well, they're so lost because, you know, I get it. I look at the headlines and I feel like, wow, I don't even want to leave the house. This culture is lost. But then it spurs me on even more. No, that's the reason you get out of the house because your life isn't about you and how you feel. It is about spreading the gospel, sharing um, the truth and the love of Jesus, building his kingdom, And that is so important that we don't hoard for ourselves what we have 
in God. I think some of us are afraid to share. Some of us are afraid to, um, to, you know, speak about your faith. This world needs it. They're hoarding their possessions that they're going to lose. And worse yet, they're going to lose their lives. Because they don't know. And we have the answer. All we have to do is show them Christ in us. And let God do the rest. But you are to follow that command. To go into all the world and share the gospel. So we take that very seriously. Don't keep it for ourselves. So I want you to think today about the American dream. I want you to think what are the things that, are, that you've been pursuing? Are you so focused on pursuing the perfect family, the perfect homeschool, the perfect life? Or are you focused on surrendering your life to God, being secure in Him and knowing that he has a purpose far beyond the sphere of this earth for you. And are you ready to follow him completely wherever it takes you, even if it doesn't look like the American dream? So I want to hear from you, and I want to hear what you have to think about that. I want to hear if this is an area that you've struggled in or an area that you're, you know, excelling in and you're doing. I'd love to hear from you, too, to share your wisdom with us. So comment on the Facebook page or on the Instagram or wherever you're hearing this podcast. If this podcast has blessed you in any way, I would love for you to share it with your friends or rate and review it over there on iTunes to help get that message out there more. Our culture's hurting. And let's show them what the true American dream is, a life that is fully surrendered to God and walking with him and filled up with the love of Jesus. So I thank you for listening. Oh, I wanted to remind you guys that the Bible-based homeschooling e-course is also still available. We've had many people signing up. I have been doing this this year with my fifth grader, we're using the Bible as his main textbook. We have learned so much already, and we're only in two chapters of Genesis. We've done geography. We've done tons of science. We've done writing. We've done uh, spelling, vocabulary words. Oh, it's just been amazing. If you want to know more about it, go over to uh, BibleBasedHomeschooling.com slash eCourses, and you can find out all of the information about the Bible-based homeschooling e-course, and I outline in there how you can teach all subjects from the Bible. It's just been so amazing this year for my fifth grader and I to do this. Also, when you join the e-course, you will get a free membership to our Facebook group, and I am in there every week sharing all of what we are doing in our homeschooling um, with using the Bible as our homeschool uh, Bible as our main textbook in our homeschool and I'm giving you lots of great ideas and resources and things like that so go check out the e-course and also I'm still taking appointments for the homeschool consulting and mentorship program I've had lots of clients in the past couple of months and it has been such a blessing to be able to sit down with homeschooling moms and just you know be a listening ear to guide them and 
to um, help them in their homeschool journey. So you can go check that out at simplylivingforhim.com as well. And I would love to hear from you if you're a homeschool mom and you're looking for some wisdom and guidance and and advice. um, I am here to help. So I thank you again for listening. And until the next time, I wish you blessings and joy.